Welcome to the Muscles and Veggies Fitness Podcast. This is where you get nutrition, health, fitness, performance, all perfectly packaged together in a bite-sized podcast to help educate and motivate you to stay on your fitness journey. This week, we are back with part two of our Digestion 101 series, how the gut dysfunction can wreck your health and fitness. So I want to do a quick recap of last week. If you missed part one, go back and listen to part one. We talked about chewing. We talked about food entering the esophagus and going down into the stomach, the process to do with our three key elements of hydrochloric acid, uh, pancreatic enzyme, and bile, and how that all sets us up really nice to start talking about what happens in the small intestine. And this is probably the most complicated part of this entire series. It's also the least known, uh, most studied aspect uh, here recently of the digestive process and how much the gut plays a role in our body is just staggering. It's the more they find out on this, it's just amazing. Uh, before we get into the small intestine though, uh, today's sponsor is me. Uh, please do me a favor, pause the show real quick and there's a link in the show notes. Uh, it'll say, leave a Google review here. Click that link. It'll take you directly to my Muscles and Veggies profile on Google. And do me a favor, if you're liking this information, leave me a review and let me know what you think about the show. That does me a huge favor and supports the show by helping people find my personal training services here in Northwest Arkansas. We're growing at a rapid rate. Uh, we have multiple trainers now, so please um, do me a favor, leave the review. I appreciate that very much so we can help some more people here in the Arkansas area. Now, let's talk about the small intestine. Uh, we talked about how the stomach and the duodenum produce this chyme, and, and this, uh, this very acidic mix has now left the stomach, and the bicarbonate has been re released uh, in the duodenum to alkalize uh, this mess. And then we also have the bile production. We have the pancreatic enzyme and it's doing all its work and it's pushing this food into our small intestine. Now our small intestine, this is where we actually start absorbing uh, key vitamins, minerals, and nutrients from the food that we ate. And you can think about it like our three key elements, the bile and the stomach acid and the pancreatic enzyme has done all the work. And now it's time to let our gut bugs do their thing. And primarily, we want to talk about uh, two different species of bacteria that are commonly found in the human gut. And that is lactobacillus family and the bifidobacteria family. Now, both of these families are what, what are in the class of what's called bacteriodites. Okay, I want you to remember that. Bacteriodites are the good guys. What you don't want, you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while, you know you don't want the firmicutes. The firmicutes bacteria do not make you firm and cute. Okay, that's how you can remember this association. Now, Firmicutes bacteria has been heavily associated with metabolic diseases and obesity, okay? So people who have high amounts of Firmicutes bacteria, they also have high rates of obesity, diabetes, uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, like metabolic diseases, all that nasty stuff that we want to stay away from, right? Bacteriodites, on the other hand, has been associated with the more fit, healthy 
vibrant population. And here's the key thing I want you to walk away with uh, so we don't go too far in the weeds and overcomplicate this thing is bacteriodites prim primarily feed on fiber, okay? Fiber, uh, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, real whole foods. That's where we get our fiber from. And that's what the bacteriodites really love and thrive on. And the more the diversity, the better, okay? So uh, maybe, and this is a crazy stat I heard the other day that the average American, even eating healthy, lives off about 20 foods, like 20 foods. There's 20,000 plus different species of foods uh, from the plant kingdom, so to speak, that are across this globe. And primarily, we limit ourselves to so, so few. So try new foods in the produce section. Try stuff you've never tried before. Try to grab that star fruit or grab that celery root. Uh, grab that thing that you're like, what is that? I don't even know what that is. And then look it up and try to figure out how to incorporate it into your salad or into something that you roast for dinner. This is how we incorporate new healthy fibers into our gut bacteria and give them lots of diversity so that they can be diverse and vibrant. And remember, I always use the analogy of the garden. Our gut is like this beautiful garden. And if we sometimes let the weeds take over that garden, it's really hard for the good stuff, the, the tomatoes, the carrots, the peppers, that stuff to really thrive because there's so much weeds going on. So let's talk about the weeds for a second. The weeds is the Firmicutes bacteria. Remember, they don't make you firm and cute. And Firmicutes primarily feed off of a couple things, sugar and processed foods, okay? Sugar and processed foods. You could also probably throw alcohol into that mix as well. And Firmicutes, the sugar and uh, alcohol and processed foods, they primarily feed the bad types of bacteria. They also feed funguses and molds and parasites, okay? Let's talk about something really quick. Um, when you think about the apple that sits on your counter and weeks and weeks go by, that apple gets softer and softer and before you know it, it's browning, it's gross, right? You would never eat that. What is breaking down that apple? What's making that process happen? Well, isn't it true that it's bacteria, it's molds and funguses and or parasites? So that's the worm that crawls out of the apple or uh, the little insect that crawls out of the apple. So when you think about those three things and you think about the small intestine, you can really see what takes over the small intestine and causes lots of inflammation and lots of problem. Bad bacteria, fungus and molds, and parasites, period. So if you struggle with IBS or you've had like crazy gut problems for a long time and you haven't investigated bad bacteria, fungus and molds, and parasites, that's where I would start. That's where I would start flipping over the rocks. We're also going to talk a little bit here about leaky gut as well. But I think when you when you can wrap um, when you can wrap your mind around uh, these three main culprits of Firmicutes, right? And then we go back to the sugar and when the processed foods, you can easily see why that like seventy percent of the population struggles with IBS. 
uh, symptoms. And here's how crazy IBS is, is irritable bowel syndrome is people get diagnosed with that. Like that's some sort of revolutionary diagnosis. Like, yep, I have IBS. Well, what does that actually mean? That means you have irritable digestive system, irritable bowels, right? Uh, thank you, doctor, for telling me that I have irritable bowels. Like I didn't know that with the symptom picture that I had going on for the last year before I was referred to you, a gastroenterologist. So my point is not to bash them. My point is that like they feel better about giving you a diagnosis, but what problem has they really solved for you? Absolutely nothing. Okay. And most of the medications that go along with IBS are absolutely worthless. And if you don't know that, talk to one of your friends that you know has IBS who has tried medications and ask them how well that medication went for them. So this is where we start in the holistic realm of figuring out, do you have bad bacteria? Do you have parasites? Do you have mold or fungus yeast problems? Okay. And there's tests that we can do uh, to run through that. And if you're curious about those tests and you haven't gotten any answers from your doctors and, and you, you know, you want to figure out what these tests are, please DM me, uh, message me, email me, and I can point you in the right direction on how to find those specific tests that can give you some answers on if you struggle with one of these three things. So the Firmicutes type of bacteria don't want it. Okay. That's why we advocate on this show to lean more towards an anti-inflammatory nutrition plan that stays away from or limits and keeps in proper position the sugar, the alcohol, and the processed foods, okay? Uh, we don't want to be like, you know, dogmatic zealots, like we never eat a bite of processed food or have a drink or have something that has a little sugar in it. But you can quickly see that health problems really springs from having those things in excess on a daily basis basis all the time. Okay. So that really explains the bacteria that's in our, our small intestine. That bacteria is also our immune system. It literally is protecting us from viruses, viruses, pathogens, you know, all these things that make us sick as you the more robust and diverse your gut microbiota is, the more you'll withstand uh, colds and flus, viruses, you know, all the stuff that attacks our immune system. Now let's talk quickly for what disrupts the microbiota. Like what really like is like throwing bombs into our gut and killing the good guys. Antibiotics is one. Don't get me wrong. Antibiotics have their proper place and they, they have saved hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of lives. However, um, we have to not use them just willy-nilly. We have to be really concentrated and only use them uh, when it's absolutely necessary, like in an infection type situation, not just like I have a cold and now I'm going to take some antibiotics. And that's, that's, not, uh, that's not what we're trying to do here because that, can, that cold will pass. No big deal, right? but you can do some serious gut damage along the way. Here's another thing that, that really disrupts the gut, uh, shown a lot in the literature, is statins. Statin drugs, um, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, and I'm not giving you any medical advice whatsoever, but statin drugs are worthless and they come with a lot of consequences, okay? Uh, this has to do with an, a misunderstanding of cholesterol and, the, and how cholesterol actually 
um, is associated with heart disease. And more and more research is going to come out from the AHA, the American Heart Association, on how we've been really, really wrong on the effects of cholesterol and its uh, implications on heart attack, stroke, and heart disease. So statins is another one that really disrupts the gut microbiota. It also really disrupts blood sugar. So uh, people on statin drugs are commonly um, misdiagnosed or diagnosed with type 2 diabetes or prediabetes and things like that because it artificially elevates the blood sugar. Uh, another thing is just chronic stress and inflammation. It really wrecks the microbiome. Um, this, this is a, a big reason why is because when we're chronically stressed and we have high cortisol, we have low digestive juices like the hydrochloric acid that we talked about in part one. And when we have low acid, we have undigested food coming from the stomach into the small intestine and then also unbroken down food um, that has maybe bacteria, parasites, fungus, yeast that hasn't been broken down by that acid. And now look what happens. We're giving it a place to grow uh, in the small intestine. Okay. So the acid is like the gatekeeper that it is like our main defense against uh, these three culprits, the bacteria, the yeast and fungus, and the parasites. And if we don't have that acid right from the get-go in the stomach, we're letting that stuff into the small intestine, into our garden, where it can take root, and now it can grow and starve out our bad guys. Okay, this is starting to make sense here. We're putting on our, our logical thinking caps. So if you're chronically stressed, uh, you're chronically inflamed. And if you're chronically stressed and inflamed, you likely have leaky gut. And we're going to come back to leaky gut here in a second. But let's go on. What else massively disrupts the gut microbiome? We talked about sugar and alcohol, but let's let's really hone in for a second on processed foods. Okay, processed foods. Um, let's go back to the illustration of the apple. Um, but now let's use a Twinkie. All right. So you're going to take a Twinkie and set it on a shelf. How long will that Twinkie last? Years, literally years. Tell me how that is a food product. Okay. If you bake bread, for any of you guys who bake like homemade bread, how long will that bread sit out on the counter uh, before it starts molding? Not very long. Not very long at all. How does that Twinkie that also is a bread pot product, how does it not go bad? Let's even use a further example. White bread. How does white bread sit on a shelf in the grocery store for six to eight months at a time and not mold? Okay, think about this logically for a second. This food is engineered to be an antibiotic. All right. If we're thinking about this logically, what decomposes foods down? We talked about this mold, bacteria, things like that. Right. How does a processed food that's ultra processed sit on a shelf for years at a time? Its defense is it's resistant or even defensive to the bacteria. So it's like an antibiotic, all right? So now think about this for a second. We're consuming a lots and lots of ultra processed foods. What do you think that that's doing if it's, if it's uh, bacterial resistant? What do you think it's doing to our gut microbiota? It's acting just like an antibiotic, okay? So unbroken down food, like ultra processed food, 
um, you can't break it down because your gut bacteria can't do its job, right? So it's, it's basically acting as an antibiotic. It causes mass levels of inflammation in the gut. So you can really quickly see how, why, you know, United States, Western culture is the sickest country in the world. They spend the most amount of money in the entire planet on healthcare. And it's mostly because they are the largest consumers of ultra processed foods. And, and really like these are the killers, right? Let's go back over them. Antibiotics and statins, inflammation and stress, ultra processed shoes, shoes, ultra processed foods and sugar and alcohol. Okay. Now let's go back to, let's rewind for a second. Go back to um, the stress, the chronic stress and leaky gut. When you have, let's, let's talk about the gut lining quickly for a second. You have this really, really thin tubular layer of tissue that all your food travels through. If you've ever seen a pig intestine at the, at the deli, they hold it up and you can literally see through it. Right. Um, it's, that's how they say, they say that it's one cell layer thick. That's like the thickness of one human hair. Okay. That's how thick or thin our gut lining is. When chronic stress and maldigestion happens from low acid, right? This whole food particles causes massive inflammation inside the small intestine. And that starts this really tight junctions. They start to become loose, um, open hold junctions in the gut lining. Okay. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, you can see the, the diagram tight junctions, little tiny, little tiny microscopic holes. Loose leaky jun junctions are the gaping holes in our small intestine and whole food particles are now traveling and entering from the small intestine into our bloodstream. And what do you think this does in the bloodstream? Automatically, the body says, whoa, 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 whoa. We've got whole food particles coming into our bloodstream. We've got to raise white blood cell count and we have to uh, upregulate our immune system to try to fight off what's going on right now. This is chronic systematic inflammation. Okay. This is why people say, oh my gosh, I ate a cheeseburger and French fries and I hadn't ate that in a while. And I put on like three to five pounds immediately. Yeah. That's water weight from inflammation. Your body sensed these things and it immediately upregulates um, a lot of water. And then part of that is because it's also a high carb meal and lots of water is also flooding into refill. Uh, glycogen stores, which is our carbohydrate stores. But the other side is if you have food allergies, your body is upregulating white blood cell count and you are putting on water weight due to systematic inflammation. And here's the red flags for leaky gut. Let's talk about this for a second. The red flags for leaky gut, number one, you have autoimmune disease because 90% of autoimmune diseases starts with a gut problem. Okay. So if you have rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, Crohn's, colitis, um, Hashimoto's, you have any of these like chronic autoimmune conditions, number one place I start is let's talk about your gut. I want to hear about what your gut symptoms are like. What's your digestion like? Um, you know, here's a number two is that if you've ever ate anything and then you immediately had to use the bathroom in the first hour or two and you saw that food you just ate in the toilet. That's a huge red flag for leaky gut. Why? Because your body said, okay, we've got so much 
food going straight through the intestinal tract into the bloodstream that we need to flood water to that area and dump all the contents. Just get it out. Just get it out. So that is a huge red flag as well, that there's a lot of gut damage and inflammation and leaky gut. Um, so I hope that covers that really well. I'm already at 20 minutes and we're like, I'm, I really knew that I, I could fit this into two parts, but it's crazy. So let's quickly talk about the appendix. Uh, people, a lot of people don't know what the appendix does, but really the appendix is like a store of bacteria. And it's been thought that the appendix actually is what repopulates the gut when the gut is sterilized, maybe from antibiotics or some sort of uh, gut trauma or someone stabbed in the gut um, and it kills off the flora that's so vitally important. The appendix is like a store of bacteria that can release itself through the cecum. It's connected to the cecum in the large intestine and can repopulate bacteria back into the small and large intestine. Thought that was an interesting fact to enter into this discussion. So let's let's like summarize this all as a whole. Um, well, first let's talk about the large intestine and the colon. And I'm not going to go really deep on this, but just know that the large intestine and the colon's main um, the main job is to pull out water and to keep things flowing and moving and produce fecal and move fecal. So all that's musculature that moves fecal material out the anus. And basically like the three major culprits uh, that can really harm the colon and the large intestine is Crohn's, colitis, two inflammatory uh, autoimmune conditions. And then of course, colon cancer, which we hear a lot about. People have to have colonoscopies and things like that. Um, and think about this for a second. People like to demonize meat as like a cause of colon cancer, but the research behind that is super weak. And also, um, it's really depending on the inflammation that's going on in the gut. So, uh, colon cancer is heavily associated with a large inflammatory condition. So imagine having like leaky gut and inflammation and food allergies and all this stuff for like decades at a time. Uh, it's going to cause cancer in the colon after decades of abuse to your digestive tract. Uh, ideally, you should be pooping every single day. Do not confuse that. Um, if you're not pooping every day, we've got problems that we need to fix. And constipation is like one of the most unhealthy things that we can have going on in the body. Trash is literally piling up inside your house and you have to get that out. So whether it's in the form of enemas, coffee enemas, I do that with clients sometimes to get things moving uh, or just like doing both the enemas and consuming lots of fiber will lots of times get things rolling again. And also look out for uh, thyroid conditions. They can also cause uh, constipation issues. So well, this happens in women a lot. So women listeners, if you're struggling with constipation, um, I would like to see like how thick your eyebrows are. Is your hair falling out when you take a shower? Are you really, really cold natured? Uh, do you feel like you have a slow metabolism? You gain weight easily. Those are all red flags that you may have a thyroid issue. So let's summarize all this. Um, I, I really wanted to wrap this up in two parts, so I'm just going to do it. And if you guys have any questions, just feel free to DM me or message me. Uh, but the digestive tract as a whole is probably one of the most important systems that we can really show love to and take care of. Okay. And if you're struggling with 
gut problems. Hopefully these, this two part series really gave you some insight on where to start flipping over rocks and try to see, um, what things you can change to improve your system, your digestive system and, and get less symptoms from it, but also just to nourish your body. Cause remember, like we have to assimilate and digest to absorb nutrients and minerals. And we have to have nutrients and minerals, just like a car has to have so much oil, so much antifreeze, so much gas, uh, brake fluid. If we don't have the essential things that we need, something is going to break down. Okay. And that's why the digestive system is so important. I can't emphasize enough. Um, you know, let's go back through this real quick. I know we're already at 24 minutes, but if, if anything is happening, like digestive distress in the first hour of eating, that's a stomach problem and most likely a stomach acid problem. If anything is happening, gas, bloating, indigestion, weird stuff um, from hours two through four, that's a small intestine problem. Okay, so that's that's more along the lines of the bacteria, fungus, yeast, parasites, that type of thing. If you notice that you're having lots of issues um, five hours after eating or more, so this would normally you'd notice this like in the middle of the night, things like that. That's more of a colon issue, and that's where I would be trying to figure out why do we have so much inflammation in the colon? Do we have Crohn's, colitis? Um, do we need to you know, are we lacking mucosal production and we've got a lot of inflammation going on? Slippery Elm, by the way, is one of the most awesome supplements to calm all that down. Because if we're lacking mucosal production, we can take a Slippery Elm supplement and it, it acts as our mucus inside. It coats our digestive tract with like a mucosal layer that really helps to blunt down inflammation. But really, honestly, like if you're having inflammation, Cut out the inflammatory foods. If you don't know what they are, we've talked about them over and over on this podcast. Just keep listening to the shows and go back and listen to other shows. Sugar, gluten, dairy, um, alcohol, uh, antibiotics, pharmaceutical drugs, all these things cause massive inflammation in most people. And if And, you know, for the people that one or two of those things doesn't, good for you good for you. But my question to you is, how do you know? Have you done an elimination diet? Have you done gut testing? Have you tested your CRP, your level of inflammation in the gut? Um, have you tested homocysteine to see your, your DNA methylation and inflammation? Okay. These are the type of things that I would want to know before somebody just says, yeah, I don't have a problem with dairy. I don't have a problem with gluten. I don't have a problem with this. Well, show me the testing before you just kind of throw that kind of stuff out there as if it's the God's honest truth. I'll leave you with this, talking about lastly in processed food. This was a 2022 study. It's called the association between ultra processed food consumption and gut microbiota in senior subjects, okay? So this was a meta-analysis where they didn't just look at one study, they looked at a compilation of studies. And here's what they found, I'm gonna read it. Starting quote, Collective evidence shows the association between ultra-processed food consumption and adverse health outcomes, including inflammatory gastrointestinal disorders and obesity. The gut microbiota has been suggested as the potential mediator of the effects of ultra-processed food consumption on metabolism and health. Okay, so processed foods is probably enemy number one when it comes to disrupting our gut microbiota and causing inflammatory gut conditions 
that destroys our health and fitness. That was my main point of doing this is to show how gut dysfunction can wreck your health and fitness. And there's our number one offender probably right there is ultra processed food. That's the number one thing we can do to improve our gut health. And what do we always say? Meat, fish, fowl, nuts, seed, fruit, veg. These are all whole real foods. You can't go wrong with them. Some people do better with some others than some people do better with others. And that's why we're all bio individuals. So listen, if you like what you're hearing on this show, please support the show by picking up some Thorn supplements. Uh, best supplements in the game. The Mayo Clinic uses Thorn. The USA Olympic team uses Thorn. Um, I cannot go over enough that the importance of you get what you pay for with good supplements. You can get 25% off the entire store of Thorn supplements by joining my client invite list. How do you do that? You simply send me an email to musclesandveggies at gmail or go down to the show notes and click my email. Send me an email and say, I want to join the client invite list for the discount. And I will send you an invite directly from Thorn. And remember uh, the supplement we talked about last week with Thorn. It's called the Advanced Digestive Enzyme Supplement. Okay. For, the, for those of you guys who are really struggling with gut problems, pick up that supplement. It, and while you're flipping over rocks to figure out what's your problem, that supplement will give you relief in the meantime and make sure that your three key elements, the acid, the bile, and the pancreatic enzyme are covered so that you have proper digestion. This is Zach with Muscles and Veggies Fitness. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys next week with another show.